Hey, y'all, and welcome to the show this week. I have with me Grace Blacksey. She's a time strategist and business mentor, and she's also the founder of Quench Collective, which is a community for female entrepreneurs who learn, connect, and grow together. I had to have Grace on this show because I've been following her on Instagram for a while, and she is so motivational and inspirational. We talk a lot about how to really manage your life from time management to saying no to setting boundaries and what it's like to have the stigma around anxiety and depression. And one of the things that she talks about that was really going to resonate with y'all is this idea of being addicted to being busy. She shares her journey in the corporate world of when she was busy and all the time it was made her feel like she was doing what she was supposed to be doing, but she just ran herself ragged and had to come to this understanding that she had to pivot her life because she was being affected emotionally, physically, and mentally. So don't miss today's episode where Grace shares her journey as well as some amazing life and time management strategies that work for her and I know will work for you. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Fix Yourself First with Dr. Christy podcast. This is a show for people who are tired of waiting on others to change and ready to focus on themselves in order to improve their relationships. I've learned from my personal and professional life as a psychotherapist and relationship expert that the only way to have a healthy relationship was when I realized that I had to fix myself first versus waiting on others to change. Thank you for listening to my show and go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Now let's get started. Welcome to the show, y'all. I have today with me Grace Black. She's a time strategist and business mentor. Welcome to the show today, Grace. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you taking time. You've got so much going on right now with you and your life and your business. So thanks for hanging out with me and sharing a little bit about your story and what you do. And you are into so many great things. And I found you through Instagram. I started following you and your posts were so motivating. They were straight to the point, which I love directness. And you don't really hold back on, you know, what we need to do for self-care and time management. So thanks for being here. Oh, of course. It's yeah. Directness is definitely something that um, I got comfortable with later in life, but it sure does help when you're trying to get the point across. So (laughs) thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. So why don't we start out by you sharing with the listeners a little bit about your story and what you do. I know you're a time strategist and business mentor, but share a little bit about your story and your work. Right. Um, so yeah, my story, gosh, it starts, of course, I think similar to all of our stories. We probably do things so much earlier in life that are mirrors to what we end up doing. And mine really starts back when I had just gone out of high school. I dove headfirst straight into the world of working retail. I think a lot of people work, you know, they have their first jobs, they maybe do like babysitting or retail, or they work at a restaurant or something like that. And I definitely chose retail. And um, when I did that, a friend of mine also reached out and said, Hey, I have this weekend gig thing that you might want to do. It's, it's events. Um, 
you know, we, we work with all, all sorts of people. We do weddings. We do, sometimes we work with, uh, we had a, I'm from Northern California. We had a NBA team in town. Um, sometimes we get to work with the players and gosh, it just sounded so glitzy and glammy and fun. And I was like, absolutely sign me up. You know, I'll, I'll do it in between, of course, going to class and college and having this other, this other full-time job working retail. Um, but I, that was the, that was the very, very genesis of my, my time in the event industry. So I actually ended up, you know, fast forward like 10, 12 years, I stayed in that world. And um, it was something that I went through, you know, everything from weddings to corporate events, to working with multi-million dollar companies, to bringing these huge, huge full-blown productions. I mean, it was everything from schlepping furniture off of trucks to working with talent, you named it. And I was just kind of I think I had this idea of what I wanted, what I thought I should say, a grown up, I'm using air quotes here, grown up corporate job feeling purpose really looked like. And that was not the case. I hit a wall going 90 miles an hour when I was 27 years old. I have had never been so sick. I had never been so stressed. I was in and out of the ER. I was probably as undernourished should I, as I as had, had ever been. I was running like crazy. I was living on caffeine. I just will never forget the day that my now husband and my mom came to me and said, what would happen if you just stopped? What would happen if you just didn't do this? And I thought to myself, well, I can't, I can't do that. There's, there's no way I can't just stop. And in that moment, I realized, you know, drugs, alcohol, nothing like that was ever an addiction for me, but I was, I was addicted to being busy. I was addicted to filling in every single free spot in my calendar. That, that gave me anxiety when I had a free spot in my calendar. And so of course my entire life, I just like nights, weekends, you named it, were at the office doing this thing, bringing these things to life because I thought that's what it was supposed to look like. And then when my body and my mind were just screaming at me, like, Grace, you cannot continue on like this. Um, it was the scariest moment and the best moment of my life because it unlocked so much more potential that I didn't even realize I had. I just thought, you know, that's what I do. I do events and that's not true. There is so much more to me. And I think collectively the messages, there's so much more to all of us. And when we kind of silo our, ourselves in this idea of what we thought that our life should look like. Um, so fast forward about you know, that I, I was in the industry for about 12 years. And about five years ago, I got out of the industry and did just that cold turkey. I had so much anxiety every single day, waking up, not going to a job. And of course, I busied myself. I was just kind of putting a bandaid on things, but um, really doing my best to rebuild what I wanted my future to look like, not based on my past experiences. So in doing so, I really needed a creative outlet. It was something that I've always been an extremely creative person and getting into that corporate side of things, my creativity really went to the wayside. I um, actually just started, we had this beautiful, tiny, tiny, tiny little apartment we lived in and it had all this overgrown greenery outside. And I just, you know, put my gardening gloves on and went, went to town every day. And it was such great therapy for mm-hmm. me. And then of course I found a way to turn that into a business venture and <laughs> took it to, you know, a whole different level. I started, um, doing succulent cactus design. I love here mm-hmm. in California and they are abundant here. Yeah. And, um, so of course turn that into something, but interestingly enough, I would, um, I would make all these beautiful designs, take them to, to local markets between, you know, Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego. And I would set up at this market of 
gosh, 250 people, mostly women there with their, whatever their passion or craft was. And I spent zero time at my booth, zero time. Instead, I walked around just completely in awe of these women and what they were doing. Um, to bring their ideas to life. A lot of them had stories like me. Maybe they left the corporate world and they were they were looking for another piece of them or they had children and they were going back into it. And what I realized from a lot of these women is that they had strengths and then they also had blind spots. They weren't weaknesses. They were just areas of maybe their business that they weren't super savvy with. And because I had all of this experience, um, you know, I not, didn't just do events. I did within that world. I did marketing. I did social media. I did sales. And so it was kind of events was the umbrella, but I had all these other fine-tuned skills and I wanted to help them. So I very quickly realized that, you know, it was, that was simply the bridge that got me to the next thing. And, um, yeah, the rest was kind of history. And that's when quench, that's when quench collective began. And I really started to serve female entrepreneurs to, um, help them with their business strategies, their business models. And I think that the most important thing is that, you know, when a lot of women get into business, they trade their time immediately right off the bat. They say, oh, well, it's just my time, right? It's not, I'm not making an investment. And gosh, that's the biggest investment that you can make. It's the most important investment that you can make. And especially as women, when we are naturally, like naturally born, yes, women, yes. we can, I call it like octopus arm syndrome, where we're like, I can do that. And I can do that. And all of a sudden you have 10 arms out in these different places of energy in your life. And, um, but meanwhile, you know, you look down and maybe you're not moving forward. You're not moving in the direction that you want to go. So I found that time was this incredible, incredibly important piece. It's a foundational piece of not only just the business of your actual business, the thing that is your career, the thing that's your passion, but the business of yourself the business of what moves you forward. And so teaching that foundational piece, in addition to these business strategies and systems that actually, you know, we're only as, as good in, in business as the systems that we have in place so that we can continue to grow and scale. So um, it has been my absolute joy. And I just love it so much working one-on-one -on -one and building this community of female entrepreneurs. That's amazing because it's such a need. Like you've been there, you've done that. I was just picturing you <laughs> going to these markets, you setting up this wonderful booth to sell your succulents. And then you're not even there because you're over networking and talking and chatting. But I think that says a lot about you and something that's important to you, which is the listening. So you listen to what those needs are. And then you thought, hey, this makes sense. And when you um, shared a little bit earlier about being addicted to being busy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so many folks are really struggling with that because if we're busy, that means we're, we're doing something important. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm busy. That means I'm doing something. I'm moving forward. But then why do I feel like I'm stuck or not getting my goal or there's no time? So this idea of being addicted to being busy for you, you realize physically, emotionally, mentally that that just wasn't working for you. And what type of physical things and mental things were you struggling mm -hmm. with? I'm curious at that time because I know so many listeners right now are feeling the same way. How, how would they know what to watch out for? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, anxiety was number one. Um, you know, anxiety can, I'm sure your listeners know, can manifest in so many different ways, physically and emotionally for us. And that was the biggest thing. And just um, even just the, the, the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows and what that looked like all day long. And, and I think similar to like, maybe even I always compare it to like, 
you know, eating, right? Like the, the nourishment that we put in our bodies, we really strive just to maybe keep our blood sugar stable throughout the day is what it really is. So I don't have that three o'clock crash or whatever, you know, and similarly to my emotions, I was finding these crazy spikes. And for a long time, I was in this really, really unhealthy relationship along with it. And it was just all of these pieces that really manifested. And actually, um, I don't think I've actually necessarily spoken about this before, but it is really important. I, the way that my anxiety was manifesting physically, um, was actually, um, I had this bladder disorder, um, not so much like like urgency, that sort of thing, but I have, um, a condition called interstitial cystitis, which is essentially chronic bladder pain. And, um, what was happening is for over 10 years, I was misdiagnosed with chronic UTIs when that actually Mm. wasn't the case. And so I would go in and I'm saying, you know, I know the drill. I'm sure every woman who's listening, who has had one knows, yeah, I know exactly how that feels. And it was so weird to me, especially when physically we're doing something like I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything they're telling me to do. I'm, I'm taking the medication. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And especially I tend to lean towards the more holistic way of things. And I couldn't believe that I was filling my body with so many antibiotics and it was just, I could really see it wearing on me. And, um, and then come to come to realize that it actually was never those things. You know, I, there would be so many culture samples that would go out and the doctor would call me and say, well, nothing came back, but I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that's what it is. So just keep taking your medication, you know, and that's not to vilify anything or anyone. It's just to say that, um, I, it took me really advocating for myself to, to ask the questions and to dig deeper and to know and follow, I think like your gut and that intuition that something's not right. And, um, what I finally realized, I think that I always say when we pause, we can find a pattern. And that's what happened with me. When I paused, I was able to see this pattern that when I would start to feel stress come up, that's when that pain of my in mm-hmm. within me, my bladder would come up. And I can actually still, I mean, I'm so in tune to it now that I can feel, you know, if I have a stressful week or something, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's almost immediate. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly, you know, what to do to to help that. But that was that was really it too. I also um I, I was, you know, gosh, running was the way that I was dealing with it. And that was, I was doing things and pushing past certain pain limits in my body that probably weren't the right way of doing it. Um, and then also, you know, not, not nourishing my body properly. I, um, have a past of binge eating. And so it was really interesting in this situation with stress. Um, the binge, the binging came from a different place, more from, grief and that in, in these stressful situations, I would really deprive myself of food. And so, um, it was on these like very extreme scales that, that these things would happen and manifest. And of course, just what that was doing to me emotionally. Um, I am really lucky that I am surrounded by incredibly healthy, incredibly pot, like not just positive, but, um, encouraging, um, support system and that they had the courage to say something to me and to really, um, like ask me to get some help. And it, it was pretty quick that it happened. And I was, I was really grateful for that, but yeah, that's, that's where I was at as far as like a mental and physical standpoint from all that stress. And you, your body knew you listened and it takes time, but you listened to your body. And then you also had, like I said, those supportive people around you to be courageous enough to speak up. So as folks are listening and you've got someone in your life struggling, remember like your courage to speak up and say something and not ignore it or not worry about, you know, hurting their feelings. You want to do it in a loving way, but that can make all the difference in the world. 
And so for you, you did what you need to do. You, you yourself got very brave and said, I have got to step out of this. I got to do something different. And one thing I think comes up around this when we we're doing what we think we're supposed to be doing, we're doing what, you know, we're working hard, we're working nonstop, we're trying to make the most out of it. Did you find a lot of your identity was tied up in your job? Because that's what we do, right? We spend most of our lives in our job. And so when that, did you see your identity change? And so for people listening that are thinking, oh my gosh, Grace, it's what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. She did that, but oh goodness, I'm worried about this shift in identity. Did you see any of that with your transition? Yes, I'm like nodding my head just so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Listen, I think the bottom line is that change is scary and it's not something like we don't necessarily have this guidebook that we are given, you know, at birth that says, here's what happens when you make this really scary leap out of a job or going into a new one or whatever it was. And I think that what the big um, maybe realization was for me was finding my voice. I always had these, you know, I talk a lot about systems within your business and strategy and that kind of thing, which it's so funny because that feels like such, I'm, I'm such a heart-based leader, but that feels like such a heady thing. And it's interesting because what systems and strategy can do is, is really take away so much stress and anxiety and so much question and so much decision-making that you have to do all day long. It's just, it can be exhausting. And, um, I, I think that, you know, I'd be in these jobs and I work, I've worked with so many incredible female leaders, you know, a, a lot of not so great ones too. And I'm seeing a lot of um, what I didn't want to do, what I did want to do. But as a perpetual people pleaser, it was always that if this isn't right, then you need to go further. If this isn't right, then you need to go harder. You need to go stronger, like whatever it is, instead of stopping and saying like, wait, maybe this just isn't my thing. Like if this is actually, I'm, I've always been working, you know, I, my friends call me like an entrepreneur pusher, but it's like, it truly is that feeling of it didn't feel right over and over and over again. And while it was necessary for my journey in order to everything from building skill to experience and so on and so forth. Um, it was so scary that thought of just like, well, I've always worked for someone. I can't just go and do it for myself. And and who am I to be a leader or a expert or something of that of that nature in a certain field when I've worked for people for so long that are that? And I'm really, really good. Like I am your number one hype girl. Like I will stand behind anything you say. You know, I'm a good person to have on your team. And I think a lot of your listeners think that I'm sure of themselves too, because mm-hmm. they are, right? Like mm-hmm. we are, you give us a job and we're gonna get it done. Right. Um, but I don't know that that was always kind of, and again, had to go through that to really realize that I have to be able to bring um, my ideas and my um, my opportunities for myself. I always say to my husband, like, you create your own opportunity, even if you're in a job, right? Even if that's not right for you, going out and being an entrepreneur and starting your own thing, you still create opportunity within even a corporate structure for yourself. Like, you do that. Actually, you have the power to do that when most people believe that, you know, it's about waiting for the next position to open or the next raise or whatever it is. And it's like, if you get really clear on what you want, you can be at that, whatever job it is for however long, but let's make sure it's exactly what you want it to look like. So yeah, that's, I think the biggest like message that came out of it for me. Well, and that goes right into, I wanted to ask you some of those common barriers that people struggle with that you work with and you see within the community. And you said, you know, that saying yes, the people pleasing, not, you know, cheerleading enough for ourselves. 
creating our own opportunities. What are some other common struggles with especially women entrepreneurs, whether it's within entrepreneurship or within their own work with the company they're working for, because they may want to go out and go on their own or do things on their own. What are some other things that they run into problems they face? That is another fantastic question. So there's a few things. Um, the, the biggest thing, I think that as women, naturally, um, we just shy away from decision making when decision making can actually be one of those powerful things that we can do in our lives and business. Um, it's, it can feel exhausting. I think at the end of the day, even sometimes they say to my husband, like, I, don't ask me what's for, uh, don't ask me what I'm for dinner. Just you decide, but, you know, and, yes. and those are more surface level things. And, and it always makes me laugh because I preach this so hard, but uh, there is a common misconception that when we say no to something, it's a negative thing. And then when we say yes to something, it's a positive thing. And again, back to that power of time, that it's really important to remember that when you're saying yes to something, maybe out of just being a people pleaser or out of, because you want to make a really good impression or because it's going to get you in front of this person or, you know, whatever it is from both an entrepreneurial or um, professional standpoint, that actually means that you're taking away, you're saying no to something else. So when you say yes to your boss to stay late, sure that, you know, this looks great for me and and he's really going to see how he or she is going to see how dedicated I am. But really that means that that's an hour that you took away from the time with your family, right? So, and that's not always, you know, I make that sound really negative. It's not always a negative thing, but just the power of that. And we don't have to say yes to everything. And I think, you know, when you make decisions about what it is, where you want to be spending your time, you're mm-hmm. able to um, really decipher what matters most. And I think something else that um, that is can be really daunting to women too is this this uh, theory of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Tell <laughs> tell us about that. We got to discuss that. Please. You know, um, I I talk to my community about this often, and in all different ways. I may not label it imposter syndrome, but, um, because there's so, there's so much good literature out there about it now. Thank goodness. Um, and we're all talking about it finally, right. It was kind of like this undercurrent for, I think the long time that we felt it, but didn't say anything about it. And the bottom line is that I believe that you were given the gifts that you were given so that you can bring them to life, whether that means whatever it is, whether it means being a mother, whether it means starting that business, whether it means, you know, going after that, that title that you always wanted. And you are doing nobody any favors by not stepping into your power. And just because someone else does it, I mean, think about all the accountants in the world. Okay. So you want to be the best accountant in the world. You can be that because you bring your own specialty to it, right? You bring your own flavor to it. And that is so important. I think I have just watched so many women's say goodbye or put their dreams on pause because, well, someone else does it. Why am I, why am I special? And really what that points to me is like, to me, that's when we go back into that really foundational work of, well, let's talk about why you're important and why you're on this planet, not just for you to be another accountant, of course. But I think when you realize those things about yourself and, and, you know, I, I'm really a proponent of like, I can't, we can't just like open up a book and start reading it from the middle, right? It is important that we start from the beginning. So if if we're identifying that there is imposter syndrome there to me, you have to make a choice. I have to make a choice to say something like, you know what, I'm going to put my blinders on and I'm going to go for this. Like I am going to, to just go 110% is I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to look any other direction or 
you can decide to let it affect you. I don't know if there's a ton of gray area there. What the gray area is going to do is create this yo-yo effect. And then we go into talking about things like self-worth, self-doubt, because you're constantly doing these things to quote unquote, let yourself down and disappoint yourself. So you have a choice. Again, one of the most powerful things you can do, put on those blinders or not, right? Or just decide, you know what? It's not for me. And that's okay too. There's a lot of power in that. Uh, but the number one thing I say, you know, my maybe solution-based um, answer to that is take away, um, especially in this world of social media, take away any distraction for you getting to that next level, whatever that looks like. Your social space has to be a safe space. Like I want you to feel just rainbows and butterflies opening up that Instagram page or signing onto Facebook or Twitter or wherever that looks like for you. It has to feel that way because if it's not inviting, you're just naturally going to stray away from it because it's it's like taking the long way home or the, the other direction home. It's just like, oh, I just like taking this way. It might be a little bit longer, but you know, I, I like it because of that view or I like it because of whatever it is. You know, it just it's really, really important to do that. And I think that it cuts that your, um, you know, we have the mute button now on Instagram, which is so fantastic. And there's a lot of features on Facebook to hide those things, but that affects our mental health hugely. And you're doing so much more than being, um, you know, making it a safe space. You're creating a safe space in your mind and your heart for the future of your business. And I think we all know, right? Like when our intentions are good, or maybe if they're like, you know, that just, that doesn't feel right. And she had a great idea, but, um, and gosh, you know, I wish I could have done that, but also you have options there too. It's like, what if you reached out and said, Hey, that was such a fantastic idea. The next time you do it, will you let me know? I would love to be involved. Like you would be amazed at the incredible positive reaction that you get to those sorts of things. So those are some of the things I definitely see out there that are just really simple, small things that you can do that make, you know, that 1% shift that make a huge change. Well, and I love that you, this with your directness, it works. This idea of you don't straddle fences. You make a decision one or the other way. And that's the beauty of not getting stuck in this anxiety spiral of what if, but what if I do this? Then what if this and what if this? And you kind of get stuck in that monotonous non-movement place where you're like, no, make a decision or say, no, you know, it's not time to make a decision and just go the other direction. There's a lot of power to that. I definitely want to make sure I want to get some of your tips on time management because you have some incredible ones. So folks out there, including myself, I'm always looking to you know do a better job at managing my time. What are a few tips you can share with us that will help us maybe regain our time back? Great question. So, okay. My number one for this is getting clear, right? We have to gain clarity on like where we are going to spend our time. And the number one thing you can do, it's actually the number one thing I do with everything, even just like my, you know, my one-on-one clients, um, my community, I, I take them through this is something, one of my, my least favorite holiday, I will say, actually, believe it or not, is New Year's. I, I don't love the... Uh, kind of the stigma that comes around, like, let's set new goals. And let's do, you know, let's do these things. I I do love it from that macro, like really high level perspective of, you know, gosh, it feels so fresh. I mean, like, I'm a huge lover of Mondays, fresh new week, it feels so good, you know, that kind of thing. But I think in the broader perspective, what happens is we set these goals for ourselves, And we really, really quickly can I think it's something like 40% of people don't actually follow through with those things, Mm -hmm. a because they've realized that they're just flat out not important to them anymore. And there's also, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And the other thing is that 
they set out to do this thing like, you know, climbing Mount Everest and, oh my gosh, like that's actually not super important to me. Like what, but what is important to me is going on a hike every weekend. So we, we are encouraged from the societal standpoint to set these extremely lofty goals. And, um, what I really encourage you to do is to take it back down to maybe a more micro level. And I love to think, of course, this is something that we do in the entrepreneurial world, but I, I would encourage everyone to do this, to plan from a quarterly standpoint. So there's four quarters in the year. We're right in the middle of Q2 right now. And I think it is so important to just look at those three months ahead. What's happening for those three months? What? How do I want to feel in those three months? What is going to move the needle in three months? And I always say, a common thing I say is, oh, you know, all the things. I use that kind of like term, all the things. And it's like, I believe that you can have all the things. I believe that you can do all the things. You just can't do them at the same time. Yes. Create a pathway for yourself. Set yourself mm-hmm. up for success. Like really sit down and identify what's important to you. And we can't do that without identifying what our personal values are. So we, you know, if you're in the professional space or even the entrepreneurial space, you talk a lot about defining your values for your business. But I'm talking about the business of you, right? The business mm-hmm. of Grace, the business of Christy. Because if the business of us, right, this foundational piece of us is not solid, then how can those objectives that we're moving towards from a business standpoint, family standpoint, life standpoint work, right? Like we have to, like rolling is good, you know, we have to fill our cup up. So um, getting super, super clear on defining what those values are. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like I use the example of you, you spend a hundred dollars on this pair of jeans and you look at the tag, you go to wash them for the first time. They may be like missing, like kind of starting to loosen up and you want to throw them in the dryer and you all of a sudden look and there is this, not only do you have to wash it all by itself, you have to make sure you have to do <laughs> yeah. it inside out. You have to use this special detergent, but it also has to air dry for three. I mean, it's like we go through like hoops of fire to make sure that these jeans don't lose their shape. They don't rip. They don't, because they feel good. They make us feel mm-hmm. great. My butt looks great in these, like yes. whatever it is. Right. But for some reason, when it comes to us, we're willing to throw that all away because it's just us, right? It's just me. It's just my time. It's just whatever. And when we start to put that word just in front of anything, you know, I really encourage you to listen to yourself even in the next week after listening to this. How many times do you say that? Oh, it's just a little old me or it's just this or it's just mm-hmm. that. And um, when we get clear on what that is, like, what is your care tag? What does that say for you? You know, what does Christy need? Is it is it, I need, you know, 10 minutes outside every day. I'm solar powered. And I know that about myself and I am happier when I am just outside, whether that sun is shining or not. And I, that's a non-negotiable for me. So the question is what fills up your cup? Um, and it's so funny that these are time management tools, but it's, that it's again, even before I teach you about, you know, time blocking and this and that, oh, there's so many pieces. Um, you have to get clear on what it is you want to spend your time on. And so, it's um, for some seasons of my life, for example, it's, it's family. Like I might feel, I might be a little bit more disconnected from my friends, especially in this season right now during COVID-19. And I, I don't, um, you know, I can tell you, I'm sure in Q3, I'm going to really need that time with my friends. Um, but right now, 
I'm prioritizing my family because I'm with them and I have this really unique opportunity to soak it up. So once I'm clear on that, I can get super clear on what my objectives are. Um, When you're setting objectives for three months, I don't want you setting any less than three, no more than six, especially if it's just you, if you're a solo entrepreneur. And when you set those objectives, those are like those big goals. Like maybe you are starting a new brand and you need to start a website. Okay. The website is your objective. What is every single action item down to the most granular piece of it that is um, that that needs to happen to bring that website to life? Those become your daily action pieces, and those are the only things that I want to see on your daily action list. Like I, I call um, an action list in in place of a to do list because a to do feels very uh, <laughs> very objective and just like that it it feels kind of like a kind of like a job. And it's like, you know, we're, we're really trying to up level, I think our mindset here and that we are, I I call it a get to do list. Like maybe, you know, the things like talking to you today, that kind of thing, but the action I'm taking, the actual steps that I'm taking every single day to ensure that my values and my objectives are moving forward, the business of both myself and my business. That's how I decide what I do every single day. And so when you cut out that noise, when you cut out all the things that, again, you know, uh, the, the word should is really another, is a great indicator. I really should do that. Well, should you? I mean, if you think about it, like what if you, what if you actually really honed in and focused on that in Q4 or, you know, towards the end of the year, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would, you know, I would love for for you and your listeners to start there. Just start there. Just get mm-hmm. clear, and from there, I can, you know, I can give you every tool yeah. in the tool shed. <laughs> I love that. So our homework is to realize that we decide how we spend our time. Yeah, that's very empowering, right? And then to get clear on what values are and the objectives, just for a quarter at a time. Mm-hmm. That's that's really doable, and there's no excuses not to be able to do that. Right. Okay. So with that being said, if with everyone listening, what is one piece of advice you wish everyone would just go do or what piece of advice do you want people to take away from you today? Oh gosh. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many, you know, one is just front of mind. I've been writing a lot about it lately, both in my journal and talking to my community about it. And um, it's, it's kind of this thought I had, recently about not using yesterday as a measuring stick, using it as a guide. And we are so hard on ourselves. Like, gosh, if we go back and think about how much time I spent in my head just today, beating up on myself about something I did quote unquote wrong, or I wasn't good enough at, or, you know, whatever it was just, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And I didn't. You know, and it's like the whole, you know, I ate a cupcake yesterday, so that's why I'm working out today kind of thing. Like, no, 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 we have it all wrong. In fact, you're moving your body today because it's a gift, not because of that cupcake that you ate and loved and enjoyed. So don't use it as a measuring stick, use it as a guide. It's okay to say maybe that you ate the cupcake yesterday and that you didn't feel super great afterwards. So as a guide, I'm going to say, when I'm, you know, offered one in the future, I might either, I have the power to say yes or no to it. I have the power to have half of it. I have the power to have three of them, <laughs> you know, whatever that yeah. is. So use it as a guide. Um, I think that's such an important piece that, uh, again, a really, really beautiful, super quick mindset shift mm-hmm. that can really help to up level your mindset. Love it. Love it. Yeah. 
Okay, so tell folks how they can find more about you, learn more about Quench and your your places on social media, especially Instagram. How can people get in touch with you to work with you going forward? Yeah, great question. So uh, moving forward, I would love to see everyone on Instagram. That is definitely the the main place that I am at. You can find me on Instagram at quench.collective. I also invite everyone. I have a free meetup, a free virtual meetup every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's called Fill Up Your Cup, Um, especially if you are a female entrepreneur. Every single week, we have a different different topic. We have experts come in. Um, This week, I'm talking about all about customer funnels and getting those systems set up in your business, for example. So I think it's such a fantastic way to get involved. Again, it's a free offering. Uh, You get to know the community. It's really, truly an opportunity to learn, connect, and grow together. You know, you really don't have to go entrepreneurship or your professional journey alone. You shouldn't have to. And so, I think being a part of a community is something so important. So I would love for, you know, both you, I'm so happy you're a part of it and all of your listeners to be a part of the Quench Collective. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and being here and sharing this really relevant and important information with us on mindset, time management, and really how to focus back on what we need to empower ourselves. Because all the things that you described really gives us that power to say, when I make change within myself, I'm going to get the change outside myself that I'm looking for. So thanks for being here on the show. Thanks for having me, Christy. Thanks for listening to my show. Your support means the world to me. Remember, you can always be a guest on the show to get your questions answered, or you can email me your questions on my website. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review on iTunes and downloading all the episodes. You can access all the information I discussed today in the show notes at christyoverstreet.com slash podcast. Until next time.